Here we go. Today's daf is daf ayin tes. Page 79 in the Heligim Meseches Nedarim Bez Shemagar To finish Parak Nara Hamuraso. To finish the 10th Parak of Nedarim and start the 11th Parak. Let's remind ourselves of the sugya that we're in. And this is going to be the sugya through Ayin Tes Amar Aleph. We're going to pick up from Ayin Ches Amar Beis three lines from the bottom. We're going to relearn, the, I'm sorry, uh, two lines from the bottom. Masiv Rav Chista. That's what we're going to pick up uh, for today's daf. <clears throat> Even though we learned this, uh, this question already. But let's pick up from there. Now let's remind ourselves what the what the focus is. So if we keep our finger on the place, two lines to the bottom of Ein Ches Amud Beis, and move up, uh, further up on the Amud, you'll see about uh, six lines from the top of the Amud. Amar Rabbi Chanina. There's a one line over there, there's a one line uh, halacha from Rabbi Chanina, who gives a halacha, if a husband is silent, and his intention behind this, when he hears the vow, and his intention behind the silence is just to bother his wife. Keep her on her toes. But he doesn't really intend to keep the vow going. Now, usually we say, shtika kahida. Mom is connected to this week's parsha, right? When you're quiet, it's like haida. It's like uh, you're admitting to it. How's it connected to our parsha? Because we have the famous uh, medrash that describes when Paro was... Uh, deciding whether or not to enslave Klal Yisrael. So you have uh, Yisro who told him not to, and he was like, as a son-in-law, you had Eov who stayed quiet. And his silence was like Haidah. It was as if, that's why he was held accountable, and he had tremendous sorrows in his life. Bilam, who uh, advised for it, ultimately uh, ultimately was killed. But in general, we say, Shtika Kaidah. Rabbi Hanina, six lines from the top of Ein Chesam said a halacha, which was, if the husband is only quiet because he wants to bother his wife, okay, he wants to make her think he's confirming it, but he's really not, then it's, it, the halacha is, Mayfair, Mayfair, you could be Mayfair the Nether even from now for 10 days. Meaning, it's the, according to Abhina, the only time, uh, uh, Silence within 24 hours of hearing it is like an admittance to it and establishes it. That's if there's the possibility that, that, uh, you know, he, he didn't decide yet, whatever. But if we know in his mind, he's decided this is not happening, but he's just quiet to bother her. So she thinks it happens. Eh, eh? Rabbi Hanina says, you could be made for it even 10 days later. It's a major chiddush within shtika. What we're doing now in the Gemara is challenging Rabbi Hanina's kash. Ultimately, we're going to show that he's wrong. The maskana, we're going to disprove Rabbi Hanina. But this is the halacha we're focusing on for Amr Aleph. All right? So two lines to the bottom. Masib Rav Chista. Rav Chista has a challenging question on Rabbi Hanina's halacha. Chaymer mi We said there's a stringency that um, being Mikhaim the neder, when a husband or father is establishing the vow, confirming the vow, has over being made for the nether, there's sometimes with the stringencies of removing the vow over the confirmation of a vow. There's different ways that it, uh, you know, in, in some ways it's a, it's a chumrah, and uh, in some ways, some ways it's a chumrah one way, in some ways it's a chumrah the other way. In what way is confirming a vow sometimes more strict? Sometimes being strict on a vow, 
uh, sometimes confirming a vow is stricter. How so? Top of today's dav. Sheshtika mikayemes, being quiet after hearing about the vow and not doing anything about it confirms it. But being quiet does not give you the ability to remove a vow. Okay? So, according to this, according to this brisa, if you're quiet, even if you don't like the vow, but you didn't say it, you can't remove the vow. Now, kiyam belibay, kayam. And also, if you are mekayam in your heart, you confirm it in your heart, that's a confirmed vow. Hafer belibay, in a you want to remove the vow, a husband and brother, you got to say it. You can't just think it in your heart. Another stringency is if you confirm a vow, you can no longer remove it. Affair, but once you uh, and once you remove out, you're not able to confirm it. The bottom line is, what's the question, Rabbi Chanino? We see clearly that if you're quiet, no matter what, you're confirming the vow. My and this should include a case where he's quiet, even to bother his wife. We said you're quiet. The vow's there. The vow's confirmed. You can't remove it ten days later, Rabbi Chanino. What are you talking about? Says the Gemara. No, maybe when the Brisa says that shtika. Quiet, silence confirms the vow. Maybe it's only when you're quiet because you're fine with it happening. But not necessarily when you're quiet because uh, you want to bother her. Says the Gemara, Well then, it's the same case as confirming it in his heart. We said, remember the Brisa says, what's one of the chumras that confirming a vow has over a removal? That if a, if a husband or father in their heart, without even saying it, thinks to themselves for an hour, I'm happy with the vow and I'm happy to confirm it. That's confirmed. You can't even remove it afterwards. He says, if he's just doing it because he wants it there, but he doesn't want to say anything because he's under stress, that's the case of Bimakayim in your heart. So Mara says, no. Ella, Bishaisik Stam. Okay. Rather, the case is Bishaisik Stam. Says the Gemara. Ashkechan, Chaymer, Okay. So now you've mentioned, we're going on the Brisa now, we've mentioned situations where you'll find a Chumrah of confirming a vow over removing a vow. Can you give me a case where removing the vow is going to be more strict than a confirmation of the vow? You could remove a removal of a vow. You cannot remove a... Uh, I'm sorry. You can, you can be nishal. You can ask she'ilas chacham Allah hakim If a person confirmed a vow... And then goes over to a chacham still within 24 hours and they have a reason why that confirmation was a mistake or they find the Pesach, you can remove that confirmation. But once you remove a vow, you can't go over to a chacham to remove the removal of the vow. Okay? So that's the chumrah that you'll find on the flip side where a, where a uh, removal of a vow will be more strict than a confirmation. Fine. Bottom line is, we had a question on Rabbi Hanina. Again, Rabbi Hanina says, you're able to confirm a vow even later. We challenged him, and we said it's not possible. The Brisa gives us a case where we say silence is a chumrah, and it's automatic confirmation. He tried wiggling out, and he says, maybe that's regular silence, not when he intended to bother her, and the Gemara knocked that off. The Gemara says that's not possible. It has to be a case of shay um, um, uh, Okay, so that's one question. Let's ask another question, Rabbi Chanina. Masu Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana asked another question, Rabbi Chanina, this halacha, again, of Ayin Chesom which is a shaysik amanas lemeikat, where he holds, to bother her, you could be made for it for 10 days. Okay, so we're going to challenge that again. Shtayin tayrav, im hachresh, yachresh lo'iyihisha. If her husband is deaf about it, what does that mean? He's quiet. He hears her vow, and he doesn't say anything. The pasuk, 
may be speaking about a, not a regular husband who's quiet, but a husband who's quiet to bother. Now you might say, who says? How do you know that the case of the Torah where he's quiet, it's considered a confirmation. How do you know that's even by a confirmation where he's trying to bother his wife? Maybe it's only when he's quiet because he's When it says that he was quiet to her, we already gave a case uh, where we say that he's quiet because he wants to confirm it that it's going to be a valid confirmation. I already know that, Allah. What am I gaining by this extra pasuk? The Torah does not redundant. The Torah does give to So what's this other pasuk? If he's quiet. Even by a case where a husband's quiet with the intent, with the intent of removing it eventually. Still, the Torah says, if you didn't do it within 24 hours, we say to the husband, tough luck. Last out of the Aleph Bay is tough. Not happening 10 days later. And therefore, to Yufta, this is a very good upslug on Rabbi Hanina. We have a Brisa, giving a drasha from the Torah. Means one time he's quiet, is confirms it when he was by And it's even a shtik, it's a silence even confirms it when he didn't want to be maida. Even when he didn't intend for it to be a confirmation, he just wanted to bother her. And eventually he planned on removing it 10 days later. Don't matter. He didn't hit it up within 24 hours. He didn't get into a lot of time. Rabbi Hanina, you are wrong. Says the Gemara, Frag the Gemara, Maybe, why don't we say, why can't, maybe we should say Rabbi Hanina could wiggle out the same way. And say, and maybe it's Shaisik Stam. One case is worse. Other cases, maybe he's just Stam being quiet. But how do you know if he wants to bother her that it's actually a confirmation? How do you know it's a strong question on Rabbi Hanina? Says the Gemara, We have multiple Psukim even past this that talks about a husband being quiet. And therefore, the Torah is letting us know any situation, no matter what's going on in his heart, no matter what's going on in his mind, you hear the vow? You got 24 hours to remove the vow. You don't do it. It doesn't matter if you're doing an almanas lamekim. You just do what, you're just being quiet to bother her, but eventually you, play, you, know, you want to remove it. It doesn't matter. Bottom line is, it's confirmed Rabbi Hanina is wrong. Okay? You'd think we'd quit picking on Rabbi Hanina. We just disproved him. But no. We got two more ways to go. Here we go. Masiv Ravha. Ravha has the challenging question. Nodrim Chashechom. If she made a nether right before nighttime. Now this was the case of Shabbos. Mefer la ad shaloi choshcha. The halacha is, he can be made for the nether until dark. She'im lo hefer v'choshcha. Let's say he waits until it's already dark. In the yachal hefer, he can no longer remove the vow. Am I? But why can't he remove the vow? Why do we say automatically it's a confirmed vow? According to the opinion that you don't have 24 hours. According to the opinion that we learned in the Mishnah, the Tanakhama, that you only have until nightfall of that specific day. As soon as you hit nightfall, you're done. Your time is up. Says the Gemara, why is the time up? I don't understand. Why don't we consider it to be a shaysikam It's a case where he's quiet because he just wants to chepper her. You see from over here, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. You have a set amount of time. And once you miss that time, the boat left without you. Train's gone. See you later. You, that's it. Teyufta. Taka good upslug. Good upshot. Another good question, Rabbi Hanina. Again, it's not possible. Rabbi Hanina is right that you have 10 days if you just want to bother her. 
Last way to disprove Rabbi Hanina, Moshe Ravashi. Ravashi has a challenging question. The Mishnah says later on in the Masechta, the husband says, I know that there's vows, but I, wa- I didn't know that I have the ability to remove the vow. Okay? So what happens is like this. A woman makes a vow. The husband hears, he doesn't know this halacha. He never learned Tyra. He do- he's not aware that a husband has any sort of power over his wife's vows. Okay? So he said, but what if he says, you know, I heard about it a month ago. I didn't even know I had this ability. The halacha is yofer. As soon as he's taught that he has the right to remove the vow, that's when his 24 hours starts. Interesting. Okay? He said, I knew I could remove vows. I wasn't aware that the statement my wife used was a vow that I'm able to remove. I didn't realize she was making, I didn't know if that fell into the category of another. I'd say the guy's confused, what's a, what's a nether, what's a shvua, what's a this, his wife, what's a promise. He heard his wife say something, it didn't dawn on him that this is a type of statement that he actually has the ability to remove. He knows there's a halacha, a husband could remove vows, he just didn't know, it's a vow. Then what do we say? Rameir says, we do not allow him to remove the vow, because the only time you allow to remove the vow is if he wasn't aware of his abilities at all. But if he knew of his abilities, he just didn't know that he could remove this specific vow. That doesn't, that doesn't help him. The Chacham say he absolutely could. As soon as you know that you have a right to remove <coughs> this statement, <coughs> excuse me, you have the right to remove this statement, then we give him 20 hours from that time on. Why, according to Rev. Meir, does he not have time? Why don't we say, it's the same as like bothering her. Why is it any different? If he doesn't know about, you know, that it was a vow, he could be removed. If Rabbi Hanina would be right, that you have past your 24-hour period, or past nightfall, to remove the vow, why don't we give the, you have 10 days. It would just, because you didn't know in your heart, your mind, your mind was somewhere else. So this is also a case, your mind was somewhere else, you didn't know you could remove the vow. According to, so according to Rabbi Hanina, what's Pshat Rameer's opinion? Tiyofta Rameer's opinion would also be an upslug on Rabbi Hanina. Bottom line, we have four different ways Rabbi Hanina is disproven. Hadron Allah, Nara Murasa. Hadron Allah, Nara Murasa. Hadron Allah, Nara Murasa. We return to you, Perak Nara, Hame Urasa, Givaldik. Okay, Chevre, here we go. We now start the 11th Perak of the Heligam Masechus, the Darim, and our Perak at least initially, there's a lot of, uh, it's a, there's going to be some fascinating, I got it to Gemara's uh, coming up as well. But for the remainder of today's daf, the focus is going to be in the mechanics of when a husband and father may remove the vow. Do a husband and father have a blanket right to remove any vow that a, that a woman makes? Absolutely not. They don't have a blanket right to remove any vow. It's not the way it works. What could they do? They could remove specific types of vows, which are, as we've learned prior, the Gemara is quoted, Dvarim, things that come, things that get in the way of their relationship, and also Nidarim of Inoy Nefesh, Nidarim of affliction. So this Mishnah and, uh, and Amr Beis is going to 
get into that. Where, which categories of Nadarim can a husband and father remove? So here we go. These are the following Nadarim a husband and, and a father are permitted to remove. Something that is afflicting her. Okay, she's afflicting herself. That they're permitted to remove. Okay. So, says the Mishnah. She says, I will not do whatever, or I will not eat whatever, if I take a bath. Now, we don't know what she said she's going to refrain from. The Gemara is going to ask, what would she say? She's not going to do. The Gemara here is not telling what she's not going to do. The Gemara is telling us the condition. She says, if I take a bath, then I will not A, B, C, D. Okay? That's considered afflicting herself. Or she says, if I don't take a bath. She's forcing herself to take a bath. Either she's herself to not take a bath, or she's to take a bath. In miskashit, if I put on jewelry, miskashit myself, she makes herself up. Or she says, if I, I will, I'm being macabre this, I'm making a vow on this, if I never put on jewelry. Top of Amr days, Amr Ravasi, Ravasi says, He says, um, these cases are not considered Inoi Nefesh. Now this needs clarification. Again, the Mishnah says, these are the Nedarm you could be made for, things that have Inoi Nefesh. For example, I for sure will bathe, I for sure won't bathe. I will put on jewelry, I won't put on jewelry. And her basically says, no, that's not good. We'll see what he means. According to Rabbi Yaisi, what's considered inui? What's considered affliction that a husband could remove? If it's not jewelry, it's not getting dressed up, and it's not bathing, what is it? She says, it has to do with food. She says, I'm making a kainam, I'm making a vow. Every fruit in the world is forbidden to me. Such a broad-reaching net there, a husband and father could remove. Paris Medina Zuali. But let's say she says, I will not eat oranges from Peru. I'm not eating oranges from Peru. Specific country. I'm not eating you can't remove the vow. The husband and father don't have a right to remove the vow. It's not called Dina Nefesh. You know why? Because she won't eat oranges from Peru. She'll eat oranges from Florida. Big deal. Let's say she says, I am not eating any fruit that comes from the supermarket. You can't be made for it. You know why? Go buy her fruit in the farmer's market. It's not considered Inu Nefesh. Now, what's considered inui? That's the shaila. It's beautiful. Is is afflicting myself, making myself a little uh, dis- uh, uncomfortable? I just can't buy fruit wherever I want, or is it broader? But let's say there's only one store in town, the only guy who sells fruits. Then, and she says, "I'm forbidding any fruit." Then I raise a yafir. The husband and father have a right to be made for the neder. Divir Rabbi Yaisi is the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. So we have Machayis in Tanakama and Rabbi Yaisi as to how to define. Clearly, inoi nefesh. Okay. Zog the Gemara. Nidre inoi nefesh u demefer. Shame ben mina nefesh u demefer. Do you mean to tell me a husband and father can only remove a vow that has affliction? 
And if there's no affliction, you can't. You see that the husband has a right to remove vows and get in the way of their relationship. Even if it's not Enoi Nefesh on herself. Okay. I'm really sad. Holy of Holy Mayfair. Both situations you could remove. When she does a vow of Enoi Nefesh, that can always be removed. Fascinating. Something that comes in the way of their relationship. He can remove it, but only as long as they're in a relationship. The moment the relationship is over, that vow is going to kick in. Okay. Now, it seems from the way it's written, we'll get more into the kishkas of this later. Seems from the way that this Gemara is written, that the removal of a vow, is not a total removal. It's a removal for a specific time period that they're together. As soon as he's gone, let's say he dies, or they get divorced, her nether is like in the bullpen waiting to come in. Okay. Why, why, so, why is it? Why, why uh, did she say that? Because the Gemara says, Once he has Gerishin, her nether is Chal. It seems from now. What's the halacha? As soon as he divorces her, Chayil Allah Nidra. Her nether that she's making now, which he's removing when and if they ever get divorced. Is going to be now be valid on her, which means it's going to come in from the bullpen and just take effect. That's what it seems, right? Didn't we? Didn't we learn though that once the nether is gone, it's gone liolam a few blot ago. In which case, good. In which case, we had a I case. Don't I so good, Gavaldic. Once it's gone, it's gone. Gavaldic. No, no. So we had a shaila bell. We had a shaila. That if she says, if she takes on, if, she, if a woman says, let's say, um, uh, I'm a Nazira, I'm a Nazira. She said it twice. So we said the second one is not effective. That was the Gemara. Oh, okay. We said, what happens if she asks Sha'ilas Chacham and the first one's removed? Does the second one automatically kick in? Or do we say that since it wasn't effective at all, it wasn't effective at all? Good. That was the Shaila that we had. And the Gemara here is passing that in this situation, of a uh, hafara of a baal, that's a dvarim It's as long as there's It's as long as there's something in between them. But if there's no, if they're not together anymore, as I come between them, it seems it's going to come in from the bullpen and be effective. Okay, says the Gemara. This is all true if it's something that comes in between them, but there's no inu nefesh. But let's say there is inu nefesh. Then even if they get divorced, it's never going to be chal. See, here's the difference. Ready? Beautiful. The Gemara had said like this, what sorts of vows can a husband and father remove? Our Mishnah gave the case of Inui Nefesh. The Gemara asked, what about Dvar And the Gemara is answering, true, but we're not mentioning it here. I'll tell you why. Because by Inui Nefesh, it's gone as soon as they nullify it. Dvar it's not really gone. It's just not effective as long as she's together with her husband. That's the technical difference between a removal of a vow that's and Inu Nefesh. Says the Gemara, Udvarim Shein Vahem Inu Nefesh, Ki Megarish Lachayla. Is it really true that Dvarim that do not have Inu Nefesh, once they get divorced, are going to come in from the bullpen and take effect on her? But Tanam, we learned from the Mishnah, Rabbi Yechim Menuri says, 
Yafer that a husband should remove a vow because maybe one day they'll get divorced and she'll be usher to go back to him. Let's see, she marries other men in the interim, and now you're not allowed to be maxir. You see from this statement of Rabbi Yechon Benuri that let's say he divorces her and he already removed her vow. The halacha is it's going to remain. Uh, it's going to remain in effect even afterwards. Beautiful. So you see that no matter what. You have, um, uh, you, you, there's a similarity, not no matter what. You see that there is a similarity between the removal of a vow that's in nefesh and removal of a vow that's devarim shebina levena. As the Gemara says, Amri, Halein, Vahalein, Haviafar. Really, I'll tell you a, 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 different, a different difference between another that is in nefesh and another that is devarim shebina levena. What's the difference? Halein, Vahalein, Haviafar. Either way, it's going to be a hafara. Ella, rather. Nidre inu nefesh. When it comes to a nether of affliction, mefer, the husband and father could remove it. Bain la'atzmai u bain la'achir. He could remove it whether it's, um, whether she's able to marry him or whether she's not able to marry him. Okay. Meaning, um, Let's say it's a type of nether that's going to impact his ability to remarry her. So his removal, when it comes to nefesh, his removal is going to work. It's going to completely take off her vow, whether or not afterwards they can remarry. All right. Ein bahem inoy nefesh. However, let's say you have a nether that does not have inoy nefesh. There's no real affliction over here. It's just something that gets in the way of, uh, of them being married. So, if it's something that gets in the way of him personally being married to her, it bothers him. He doesn't like when she scratches the chalkboard. He doesn't like, uh, you know, certain things. So then, he could be made for it for himself. But as far as somebody else, it's not going to be an effective hafara. Okay. Somebody else, she might still be usher to do that thing. Because it's not about him anymore, it's about the other guy. And this is what the Mishnah is teaching me. Our Mishnah, which talks about Nefesh, means which type of nether can a husband remove, whether it impacts him or whether it applies to him and to others? That's nedarim sheish bahan inu nefesh. Then it's vows that have affliction on her. Those types of things could be removed, whether or not he he's able to remarry her, whether or not he's not able to remarry her. However, when it's a devarim shebeinoy leveina, when she makes a nether that gets in the way of his relationship, the halacha is he could remove it. But once she marries somebody else, the removal of the vow is no longer effective and her original neder is going to come back in when she marries the second guy because now it's no longer a dover shebeinoy levina. Period. Gewaldik. Okay. That is, that, uh, is a, another explanation or, a, uh, or we'll call it the bottom line explanation as to going back to our question, why are Mishnah only listed inoy nefesh as something a husband could remove? I, we know Dvarm can also be removed. And the Gemara is responding, it's true Dvarm can also be removed. However, that removal is only going to be effective as long as it's something that's in the way of a relationship. 
let's say she marries a second guy, and that's not in the way of the relationship with the second guy, so her original nether is going to come back, come out of the bullpen, and kick back in. You know, a nefesh that will not, uh, it will not come back. Okay. Now, the Mishnah gave an example of what's considered Inu Nafesh, and we said, if she says, Im Merchatz, Im, im Merchatz, if I take a bath, Sigmar says, Hey, Chikamar, what actually did she say about taking a bath? She says, I'm forbidding all the fruits in the world upon me if I ever take a bath. Lamalav Farah. Lamalav Why is that considered Inu Nafesh? Light Just don't take a bath. If you don't take a bath, you could eat all the fruits in the world. She's not forbidding fruits. She says, these fruits are forbidden if I take a bath. You know what we'll say to her? Don't take a bath. Now, what are we thinking? You got to take a bath. True, but you don't need to take a bath. Now, what do I mean by that? A bath, really, in halacha, is to wash most of your, immerse most of your body in water. That's a bath. So we'll say to her, don't take a bath. Just use a washcloth, you know, and wash off limb by limb like some people do when they're shvitzi on Yom Tif, right? It's not called rechitza, it's not called washing. You do you wash off one at a time and then take care of yourself that way. And then you didn't ask her, it's not Inu Nefesh. She didn't forbid all the fruits in the world. V'ayim, furthermore, If this would be the case, would Rabbi Yaisi say, this is not considered Inu Nefesh? But what if she does take a bath and then all the fruits become forbidden? Of course it's going to be a problem. And then, so the Gemara's question is, what, why is your base even arguing? If this is the case that we say is Yenu Nefesh, your base says, no, it's not Yenu Nefesh. You know what the Yenu Nefesh is when she forbids all the fruit in the world on her? Well, then that's the same thing as the Tanakama. You're explaining the case, Tanakama, to be this case. So what's her Yaisi uh, ultimately going to be uh, going to be uh, responding. We'll hold it here. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger to understand the Mishnah Besham tomorrow. We will restart from the two dots uh, and uh, retackle this part of the uh, this part of the Mishnah. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. Besham tomorrow night, five thirty. Be there. Be square. Hopefully from Yerushalayim. Zayge benched.